Buenos días. Keep them guessing. Good morning, everyone. This is Stay Uncomfortable. This is Johan. It's your boy, O. And today we got a, a really good program, I would say. But before we get into all that, you know, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. Over here drinking your Pepto-Bismol shake. It has pomegranate, dragon fruit, and a bunch of other stuff. No, 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 no. Say the one thing that you're omitting. Cauliflower? It has cauliflower. You're, this man is drinking cauliflower. I feel like a lot of people do that. And probably. I'm judging every single one of them, though. There's cauliflower peaks out here. That's already... Man, it's one thing to consume cauliflower by eating it, but you're you're drinking cauliflower. Well... Hey, I I told you before, I'd probably try it myself. How are you doing, bro? I'm doing fine, man. I'm a little bit tired. Uh, yesterday was a long trip for me. Where'd you go? They sent me out west, and I drove four hours out west, and I was still in Pennsylvania. West where? Like, what was the destination? The destination was actually Maryland. Like, you would think that's just a straight shot south. Yeah. That's how I usually get to Baltimore. But they sent me to Cumberland, Maryland. It was <laughs> such a sketchy, sketchy drive, bro. It was raining, fog everywhere. Uh, it was just unnecessary. But it was fun at the same time. It was beautiful. I'll say this, though. If you're afraid of heights, that would have been the worst drive for you. Would have been terrible. Because I know that I was, I was kind of clenching up myself. It was clenching up. Yeah, bro. My butt cheeks was clenching up the whole... I'm tense. I'm tense right now from that drive. Uh, and I don't know how some people do it, bro. Like, I was I was doing speed limit, a little bit above speed limit. And some of these truckers, bro, were passing me by like I was parked. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what it is about the weather that makes people just drive crazy. I'm like, you know what? You got it. You do what you got to do. Yeah. And I just sent it. I was like, God... If this is how I go, this is how I go. But don't let it be at the at the wheel of a truck. That'll be a lame way to go. Yeah, because then you probably take a whole bunch of people with you. Probably not. Actually, it's just it's just whack, bro. I like you know. Oh, he dro- died in a trucking accident. <laughs> okay, that that what an anticlimactic end. Anyway. Yeah. Are we we ranking? Um. Sure. We, we can. We can. <clears throat> All right. So you know the deal. Uh, you go first. Well, I'm gonna go first because you're about to take a sip of your coffee. No, no, no. I'll go first. I'll go first. I'll All be right. honest. Um, mentally, uh, I am at uh a nine. Yeah, I'm at a nine. And you know what it was? Yesterday, while I was on, as people know, truckers, we spend the almost the entire trip on the phone with somebody. Yeah. I was speaking with Manny. I was also speaking with my brother and a group of other guys, and it's really I got a beef with your brother. Why? Because that man, I sent that man a very detailed message, and he hasn't seen it yet. But if it would have been a real, he would have seen it instantly. Wow. Well, Josue, you're on notice. He is on notice. <laughs> you, you, you have 24 hours to respond. That's all I'm gonna say. I know where he lives. Yeah, you do. Which is. <laughs> you're you're on notice. That's all I'm gonna say. Anyway, we was on the phone and we was talking about some, uh, some pretty, I'm gonna say deep things. And while you're talking about those things with other guys that have different perspective on life, that does a lot for your mental health. 
Mm. So if anything, guys, surround yourself with other men who who you can talk with. Not necessarily that they have to uh, share your your life views and agree with everything you say, but at least have a conversation. Men who can surround themselves with other men and can actually talk, those are, like, I'm telling you, that is one of the best things you can do for yourself. And sitting around men that don't. I don't even share the same perspective as you two. That's, that's cool. Exactly. Like, I don't care if you share the same perspective or not. That's really not what it is. It's, can you talk to someone else? Like, you and I don't agree on, on everything. We agree on most things, but not everything. Right. And every now and then, you know, you're going to say something, I'm going to look at you like you got three heads. That's almost every time we have an interaction. You say something just out of left field. <laughs> what? Like, the one time you was yeah, man, you know, uh... Wait, you, what are you about to We're say? focusing on making elephants and not rabbits. I'm like, but I gave you, a, I gave you an explanation for that though. Yeah, but you, you, you just caught me off guard, bro. Oh, is that Macdioni that joined us? What's up? And Hannah. Oh, we got some, we got some really good. Who? Well, Hannah. No, no. Macdioni. Yeah. She was. Uh, she goes to Good News. Oh. Yeah, she's a worshiper. Anyway, uh, sorry. It was, what. No, I'm saying sorry. I don't. I don't know who that was. <laughs> no, what I'm trying to say is, uh, you, you as a man, does not matter whether or not you have a uh, a friend or two. It doesn't matter what it is, but you have to talk to somebody. Get your ideas out there. Express what it is that you got to express. Because otherwise, what are we doing, man? You know, there's we're not really doing much. But that's mentally, emotionally. I'd say I'm doing a good seven, eight ish. You know. I'm just a little bit tired, you know, but that's what that comes with the gig, you know, of being a husband and working. Exactly. It just happens. And I'm grateful that I get to be tired because otherwise I would be a a couch bum. It's better to be tired of working than tired of knocking on doors to get a job. Exactly. So and I've been I've been there, you know, so it's 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 a blessing to be able to work. And spiritually, I'm going to give myself a seven two. Praying, uh, especially with today's program, you know, today's program kind of forced me to look a little bit deeper into what we're going to be talking about today, and it was good. Yo, full disclosure, last week we we had uh, agreed what we're going to talk about today, yeah, which is again we're going to be reading, uh, talking about Psalm one hundred one, and I texted this man last night, yo, uh, what do you want to talk about tomorrow? He's like, you mean what we discussed? And I told him, yeah, I completely forgot about that. No, that's all right. But I was I'm, looking forward to the episode, so that's why I kind of... Yeah, but then I went ahead and read it anyway and, you know, kind of... It's had, short. It's short. It's simple. But it was really, again, if you look at it from the perspective that God wants you to look at it, you know, which is applying it to your life, and then you look at it as uh, <clears throat> as a man, how that can help you be a better man. It's yeah. just, it's gold. It's, yeah. it's gold. So that's where I am right now, man. How about yourself? Uh, mentally, I'm like a. Mentally, I am at a good eight. Okay. I feel like I've been. I've been. My semester just started again. Oh no. The no no. Bro. God. Wait, this is your last semester, right? Yeah, I graduated May. That's what's up. And I only have two classes, and they're relatively easy. I'm gonna bring you flowers to your graduation. Thank you. I'd appreciate that. And because I want to give out, hold on, because I want to, I want to give with the sticker. I want to give a testimony to something that happened, and it was basically that, it was basically that, 
uh, the administrator at my college calls. She texts me. She goes, because I, I asked her, I'm like, hey, um, you know, is the semester starting soon? Like, what do I need to do to register? She's like, oh, no, you're already registered. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. And and then she just said, and then I, I just go, okay, well, I need to apply for financial aid and all that stuff. And she goes, no, you don't. Your class has already been paid for. Word. And then I go, for this semester? she For the spring? And she's like, yeah. Now answer this. How do you get a grant for something for a, for a grant you didn't apply for? Man, unless <laughs> I don't know, bro. Unless I did not apply for a grant at all, and she said, "Yeah, your account has been paid in full." Hey, bro, I'm not fighting that. Me either. Shoot, that's fire, though. You know, some have have you paid for tuition before, though? I mean, yeah. Because sometimes what they do, they reimburse you. Well, I had no money left from last semester, bro. God did it. Won't he do it? Yeah. And that that was that was amazing. Like I, I got I got that text at work and I was like, wow. Like if even if, in the small things, man. If God didn't want me if I didn't think that God wanted me to do anything with my life, he's kind of just yes, pushing it. Confirming it right now. That's yeah. what's up, man. And I'm really glad that you actually um you're making it. Like you're one of one of few of few friends that I have left that actually Saw through, saw it through in college, you know. Yeah, I think I didn't go to college though. That's all right. It's and not- I, here's the thing: here's the thing about college for me. I really, the college experience, I really wanted it. Like the, re- like dorming, going, you know, studying yeah. late at night with other people and all that. I really did want it. However, I don't think it would have been beneficial for me in the long run. Probably not. You know, so I'm glad that the chips fell where they fell, and God did what He did. You know. But I mean, I am very happy for you. Like I always saw you doing it, raising. Yeah, hundred percent. I thought you would have been done by now. You know, I should have been, but you know. But at the same time, you're you saw it through. Yeah, like maintaining a marriage, maintaining a home, maintaining a job, maintaining everything is not the easiest thing. So you're doing it, bro. Yeah. So I thank God for that. Hey, um, emotionally. I'm at a. I'm at a seven. Okay. I'm at a seven. I feel like I'm. I feel like. I feel like God has really, uh, like I said last time, just really have kept kept me real stable when it comes to my emotions and 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 no matter how much the boat rocks, like just being able to trust in Him and being like, okay, yeah, it's it, it is what it is, and as long as like God is with me firmly, uh, I'm not gonna be shaken. That's so, that's what's up, bro. Physically, I am. I feel I feel good physically. I'm like a nine. Okay. I'm like a good nine physically in terms of well, I give myself a seven and a half just because I am like not sick, but I have like certain symptoms again, like as you can hear in my in my voice. Bro, what is up with this reoccurring? Like you, it's almost like it's like influenza or whatever. No, 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 no. It's it's. I don't even think it's that, bro. It's like you and a whole bunch of other people. Yeah, I was talking to Crystal. Crystal was telling me she's been sick for like, like a Like, y'all are going through it. What's going on, man? I don't know. It's that jab, isn't it? That, that what? The jab. <laughs> the jab? The jab, the the shot. What, what are you talking about? The vid shot, bro. Oh, I did take it. Yeah, maybe. 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 Allegedly. Hey, like you say, if the Lord wants to take me, like, you know. <laughs> if this is how I go. If this, this is how I go. Bro, I don't know imagine? what I don't know what would be lamer, though. Uh, like, dying from a, from a vaccine or... or a truck 
driver. Bro, I, I think yours would be a lot more tragic. Can you imagine? Oh, what he died of? Griper. Then <laughs> <laughs> he's just gone. Oh, wow. Yo. But I really hope you, Crystal, and all you guys feel better because, again, y'all are going through it. Yeah. But in terms of, like, like just the gym and stuff, that's always good. Okay. Um, Do you have a question this morning? Yes, I do. So my question of the day, and feel free anybody in the comments in the live to answer, it is, um, uh, what's the hardest thing to surrender to God? Okay. In this time for you, you want to start? Nah, you start because you already had an answer. It's, it's funny I would made up the question and I don't have an answer. <laughs> you don't have an answer? No. All but right. I'm sure there's one. Yeah. All right, so we're gonna ask it again for the live. If you guys want to answer in the the comments, yeah. What is the hardest thing for you to surrender to God? A lot of people right now are thinking the only thing they should be writing is a tongue, but whatever. I'm going to say money, bro. Money is the hardest thing. And not just the hardest. The reason it's the hardest thing to do is because have you noticed that when we're planning with our money, we move the chips everywhere. We move the, the money everywhere. And the only person that we don't consider is God. Yeah. Like, what do we do with God's money? And I'm not talking about tithes. No. Like, for for me, let's say that tithes right now are unbiblical, right? Let's say that that doesn't exist. Do you really think that that the only thing that God wants you to do with your money is just blindly give it to a church? Like, here, have 10% of my income. Yeah. That's not how it works. Maybe in the Old Testament, it was a little bit, you know, more discreet like that for the Jews, but not not for not for us. That's a that's a hard part right there. What are we gonna do with our money? Okay, there's somebody that needs uh to pay their rent. You have half of that that you don't really need. What are you gonna do with it? Here you go. I feel you on that. But we don't do that. No, because you know. And it's hard because we justify it like, oh God, I can't do it. I'm not gonna have enough money. Oh God, I'm I need to save up. Or oh, God X Y Z. And it's like maybe maybe trust God a little bit with. What he's given you, maybe give him a little bit of that, you know? Yeah. And and I feel like we're not going to be complete human beings. We're not going to be whole emotionally until we learn how to let go. Yeah, especially of something like, like money, for example. Exactly, because, again, money is – that's paper. That's paper and digits in a, in a bank account. Mm-hmm. What it really is is what it gives you, what it does for you. Like, okay, I can buy seven households – enough food for them to get through the week. Do you know how how good that makes... It's not even for you, but you know how good that makes you feel? Like, once you do that, it's like, I could have saved $1,400 this week or this month. And again, obviously not everybody can do that. Mm-hmm. But if you can, you need to ask yourself, why not? Like, if, if you think about yourself every now and then, that's fine. You also have to treat yourself. But... Right. Are we spoiling ourselves with things that we don't even need every single time? Or is there ever going to come a day where we're like, okay, there's other people who need me? Like, this isn't political. This isn't socialism. This isn't whatever. This is what Jesus would ask us to do. Right. Just like he lived the example. Give, like, if somebody asks you for for an orange or half of an orange, give them the whole thing. Yeah. Somebody asks you to walk a mile with them, walk too. Yeah. So... There has to come a point where our faith 
is what actually influences the decisions that we make in our lives. Mm -hmm. And my conclusion is, this is going to sound bad, but my conclusion is the fact that I have not trusted God with my money to the point where I am giving whatever I can, that indicates to me that my faith is not as strong as I once thought it was. Mm -hmm. Or even as it was in the past. Mm -hmm. Okay? So, that's my answer. What's the scariest or the hardest thing for you to give to God, bro? The hardest thing for me to surrender to God right now is probably just control of just the future and where I'll end up in terms of, like, where I'm going to be, like, living and job-wise. Because, like, I have a little bit... I don't have anxiety about it, but, like, thinking about the whole the whole college thing and how I'm almost graduating. Yeah. Since I graduated high school, I've done nothing but do, like, blue-collar... Well, is, is factories considered, like, blue-collar? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Like, just factories, somebody telling me what to do, et cetera. So now, after I graduate, hopefully I get a job, and it's like, it'll be a completely new experience for me. And sometimes I it kind of worries me. It's like, okay, like, God, this is where you're leading me? Mm-hmm. So my prayer lately has been, I, I need you to prepare my character and give me the courage to really step into this new field that I'm about to go to where it's more of a social aspect rather than just me clocking in somewhere, hopping on a, a, a on a forklift and just uh, unloading and unloading trucks. Exactly. That's easy. Anybody could do that. Mm -hmm. But it's a whole different ballgame when you have to socialize and, and vocalize and talk to people, their issues, all this, this and that, paperwork. So it's like it does make me a little nervous yeah. in, in that aspect because it's like I've never done this before. Okay. And I'm not doubting that I could be good at it. But it's also like, it's new. It's new. And here's the thing. It's always going to be, it's going to be daunting. But I feel like for in terms of like surrendering that to God, you might have an easy way out there, bro. Because there's really nothing else you can do if yeah, you think yeah. about it. It's like, okay, either I give this to God or I don't, but it's going to be, it's going to happen regardless. Yeah, because I got to step into it anyway. I can't just get graduated and be like, well, I'm too scared to do it, so I'm not going to get a job. Like, yeah, yeah, I feel you. I feel like you and Hannah here kind of have the same perspective on life because she wrote, the scariest thing right now, which is the easiest, my worries. It's so hard for me not to worry about things and just remember to ask for help. Not that I have a problem asking. I just don't remember and get into a worry spiral. That sounds to me like overthinking. Yeah. 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 Kind of like my wife, you know, but whatever. Uh, overthinking yourselves into a coma. To the point where rational rationality just goes out the window. Mm -hmm. It's like, she says, she just forgets to ask for help. It's not even that she can't. She just forgets. Yeah. What does that mean? Rationality just leaving your body, you know? And I feel like that's why Jesus, uh, or is it Jesus? Cast all anxiety upon, no, that's Paul. Cast all anxiety upon Jesus, all of it. Any anxiety that you have, any uh, worries, any daunting questions about your future things in my opinion that are completely and utterly out of our control mm -hmm. and and it should be it's good to be reminded of the scripture that says um and i and i sent this to your wife the other day that because she was telling me that she's a little worried too yeah and i was like the center of the scripture that says you know god says don't worry about tomorrow exactly tomorrow will bring on its own it its own. brings its own problems exactly so i just i try to just really I know it sounds cliche, but like live in the now, live in the present, you know? Bro, but isn't it crazy that we have made a cliche out of something that is biblical? That's because I feel like a lot of people use that term of, that phrase, oh, live in the moment, mm -hmm. 
in such a forceful way where it's like I got to force myself to live in the moment. But deep down, your actions might look like you're living in the moment, but in your head, you're still thinking about to next week or the next paycheck. Half of the time, Friday doesn't even come. And Wednesday, we're like, I wonder how much I can get paid. Yeah. Look at your pay stub and you're already calculating. Mm-hmm. It's, the it, money's already gone in your head. Bro, straight up, straight up, um, the biggest paychecks I've ever gotten are the ones that I'm getting now. And I look at them and I feel the same way as I did when I was working in a warehouse. The same ones when I was working for Amazon. The same way when I was sometimes even unemployed. It's like, how is it that I make a fraction of the money some years ago and I make all of this money now, technically, you know? And I look at them the same way. It does not give me any more comfort. You see, that's the thing. Money, I don't feel like it's supposed to give us comfort. I feel like it's supposed to be a tool for what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. But money is not supposed to comfort us. Because if money is what comforts us, then a lack of money will bring us discomfort. Mm-hmm. And then we go into sketchy territory because technically God does not call us to be comforted by money. Money is a fleeting thing. Money is a modern concept. Money is something that at the end of the day isn't really going to have any any weight in the eternal. So why are we focusing on the on these passing things? It's like it's like those men, for example, blue pills, like fit, fresh and fit, Andrew Tate, whatever. Yeah. Sure, every now and then they can they can say one or two things that are that I can agree with. But then when you hear them say things like Money is what makes you the man that you are. If you don't have any money, you're not a man. I'm not telling you to be a broke bum. That's I'm against that. Yeah. Go out there, make money, yeah. work, provide for your family. However, if money makes you the man that you are, then as soon as that money is gone, which it is a fleeting thing, mm-hmm. then you're not a man anymore. Let's say that life deals you with a series of events that you are just not going to be able to ever be be, uh, be prepared for. Mm-hmm. You're not a man all of a sudden because you don't have any money. Yeah. Let's say that you that you give it all away because you want to help people. You're not a man anymore. You're less of a man because you decided to help someone. If your character is based on the numbers, on the zeros in a bank account, mm-hmm. then you have to do some reevaluation on your whole life. Somebody asked a question here, yeah. and I'm going to leave that for the question of the day. Don't forget, write it down. Actually, it's, it's right here. It's in the chat. Yeah, but. You don't know how far along it'll, it'll go. How to deal with a mood-changing spouse. That's fine. Okay. I got it. Okay. I know you, bro, but okay. All right. Let's get, in t- <laughs> let's get into the, let's get into the, you know. The topic at hand. The topic at hand. So today we're going to be discussing uh, Psalms 101. Psalms 101 is a book written by David in the Bible, usually of songs and worship songs, and also just God speaking to us through him. And... I, I came across this verse like not too long ago during a preaching and I was like and I was like I like that. Yeah. And it's very short and honestly I was thinking about it and I was like anybody whether you whether you believe in God or you don't believe in or you don't believe in the Bible like this this is a is a very good way to model a lifestyle. It's if, for example, if, like I said before, if you're trying to be the best possible man you can be. Both Jesus, right? Jesus lays out a great an excellent model to follow. In fact, the best this, which is literally the word, so same thing, yeah, is a, is a marvelous blueprint for us to follow and to say, okay, if I do these things the way that it's posted right here in the in the scriptures, right, it will help me become the best version of myself that I can ever become. Exactly. So it is. It is a great. You want to read the whole thing, or you want to? Because it is only like eight verses, right? Sure. Yeah. It's it's actually 
Yeah, it's eight verses. Yeah, and then we can just dissect it. Okay. So Psalm 101, a Psalm of David, uh, verse 1 says, I will sing of your love and justice to you, Lord. I will sing praise. I will be careful to lead a blameless life. Write that down. I will be careful to lead a blameless life. When will you come to me? I will conduct the affairs of my house with a blameless heart. I will not look with approval on anything that is vile. I hate what faithless people do. Doesn't say I hate faithless people. I hate what faithless people do. Mm -hmm. I will have no part in it. The perverse of heart shall be far from me. I will have nothing to do with what is evil. Whoever slanders their neighbor in secret, I will put to silence. Whoever has haughty eyes and proud heart, I will not tolerate. My eyes will be on the fruitful. And, uh, what is it? My eyes will be on the faithful in the land, that they may dwell with me. The ones whose walk is blameless will minister to me. No one who practices deceit will dwell in my house. Write that down. No one who practices deceit will dwell in my house. No one who speaks falsely will stand in my presence. Every morning I will put to silence all the wicked in the land. I will cut off every evildoer from the city of the Lord. Mm. What version did you read, bro? You like that one, right? No. That's why I asked. <laughs> that's the New International Version. All right. That makes sense. So the first thing that we're going to talk about is the integrity. All right, so you know what? We can just do uh, what's called an exegesis. Like we can exegete it. Yeah. Verse by verse, right? Yeah. First and foremost, the way that he starts is by giving glory to God. Yeah. Is Which is, if you think about it, this is a prayer, right? I'm not sure if, if David was king at this point or, or what was going on. Um, I don't think so. Okay. But this is a prayer. And we say, he says, I will sing of your love and justice to you, Lord. I will sing praise. Recognizing, first and foremost, that the life that he is going to live and the one that he's living it for is none other than Yehovah, than God, than Yahweh. That, that is the God that we serve. Like how you said, Yahovah. Yehovah? Yeah, that's, you like that, huh? <laughs> anyway, starting it out with praise. Just worship God. Because... Regardless of anything of what we do, God will always deserve the praise and the worship. Exactly. And that's what I feel like that's the best way to start. Even though, I'm going to be honest with you, there's some times that I'm going to pray and I just can't do you it. dive right into I'm it. I'm just like, God, I'm sorry, bro. I am sorry. I'm a mess right now. God, I'm not going to do, I can't do the, the fancy, which I'm not sure we're ever supposed to. No. But, but like, God, I'm... I can't even get the words but out. But that's what he wants from us, though, really. The 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 sincerity. The sincerity in a, in, a, in, a, in a humble heart. Bro, the thing is, like, we've been taught to pray, first and foremost, with a lot of words, a lot of wording. Yeah. You know. Pentecostals. Pentecostals, even Baptists, everyone, bro. Everybody, every denomination, in my opinion, has a fancy way of praying. Right. And not to, you know, deviate too much from the scripture that we're reading at hand, but Jesus actually talks against those people who stand in the corners praying really loud and in temples mm -hmm. and whatever, he's like, instead of y'all being hypocrites, because that's what, you know, because y'all do this, but you don't pray in secret. Yeah. How about you just lock yourself in your room and have some time between you and God? Just just you two. Because at the end of the day, if all you're doing is shouting from the corners, from the rooftops, from the temples, you know, in prayer chains and seeing yeah. if you can, you know, you could get the most ad libs, yeah, yeah. you know, when you're praying, 
then you're really not doing anything but speaking. Yeah, you're, basically. It's a nice speech, but God isn't hearing it. Yeah. So at the end of the day, uh, it, it's an excellent way to start, you know, praising God. But if you can't, bro, just be like, yo, God, I'm sorry. There's nothing I can say right now, God, that matters other than the fact that I'm sorry. Yeah. And, you know, bring true repentance into it. Now, he goes right, yeah, right he, into he it. He goes right into he it. He says, listen, I will be careful to lead a blameless life. Which is the nature of this entire scripture. He starts by saying, God, listen, I'm gonna leave, I'm going to live a life that is blameless. Meaning nobody can call him out for being a, with a lack of integrity. Right. We all know those type of men. That want to live or No, that are like that. We we all know they're far and few in between. Yeah. It is very unfortunate. But we all know a few men. That you can look at them and you can say, there's not, they don't got a tail for me to step on. They they cannot be, I'm not going to say that they don't sin. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But they do have integrity. And it's, uh, we're going to get a little bit into that as we go down. But, bro, I'm telling you, starting it out, we're talking about this being a blueprint. Yeah. We have to make the decision to lead a blameless life. That is the first thing. We have to make a conscious effort and tell it to God because if we tell it to God, God will hold us accountable. Yeah. That's the first thing. We have to make a conscious decision to live a life that is filled with integrity. Now, let's let's dissect this a little bit. For you and your opinion, what is integrity? For me, integrity is just being the same person whether people are around or whether by yourself or with your friends or people of, pro- of close proximity. That's what integrity means, that your yes is yes, your no is no, and that type of... Exactly. That your character isn't swayed mm-hmm. by, depending on who you're with. And your character isn't swayed by, by, by a traumatic experience. Okay. And the reason I say that is because uh, there's people who lack identity in their lives that this is who they are until something happens in their life and they completely change their personality. Mm-hmm. I can respect somebody who is a kind person even to those who aren't kind to them. Yeah. And that, for me, is also integral. It is. Because many people are just nice to the people that are nice to you, but the moment somebody steps on your big toes, your whole personality and character switches, and now you're this person. Now, let's let's not try to over-spiritualize no, no. everything, right? Because we do have to be realistic with this. Yeah. That type of integrity, in my opinion, is something that's built. Yeah, of course. It's something that you build towards. For example, if you're somebody who at one point, let's say that you were the sweetest the sweetest person alive. Like you had all of the characters of being uh, an integral person. But then you all of a sudden were being bullied in school. You were being talked down to by your family. Yeah. And you even, let's say, you got with a woman that doesn't really respect you. Right. All things that can be considered traumatic events, that will eventually if left untreated or unaddressed, will mold you into somebody who is quick to defend themselves. Of course. Quick to snap back. Quick to not let anybody talk to them in a way that they deem inappropriate, right? Mm -hmm. Boundaries are great. Yeah. But put it this way. Boundaries are great. I do not recommend that anybody let themselves be stepped over. However, it's one thing to to set a boundary. Hey, listen, I don't like it when you talk to me like that. Please refrain from doing that. Mm -hmm. That is beautiful. And it's another thing 
that even when you think that somebody's coming down the pipeline with some BS, when you think that that's going to happen, yeah. you're automatically putting yourself in a, in a position to defend yourself, in a position to snap back, in a position to, you know, you can't go from calm waters to raging seas in from zero to 100. Yeah. That does represent the lack of integrity. Yeah. I mean, when I, when the, the example that I put was that, you know, I don't want to invalidate anybody's trauma. Mm-hmm. It was more of on the words of like, let's say you were known as a person with a good integrity and good character. But let's say life has turned upside down. Now, let's say you're unemployed. And yeah. now you turn to a life of, let's say, for example, stealing. Yeah. Petty thief, whatever. You've allowed this moment in your life of you being down financially to alter your character. And now you're somebody who just steals because you don't have it right now. Mm-hmm. That is what I mean. Like, I, like obviously, if you're traumatic and obviously your def- your defense walls are going to come up yeah. in certain in certain aspects of your life, or for example, if if you're married to somebody and you're faithful, and then they start they just start doing things you don't like, and now you're going to go out to cheat. Yeah, that's the type of thing that, that does that, represent an incredible lack of integrity and lack of character. I mean. You got to remain the same in this, like the like, you got to be the same person in the situation mm-hmm. as if you was not in the situation. And you know what? Applying this to men, I feel like this is where all the problems start for the modern man. A lack of integrity and a lack of desire to live a life that's blameless. Mm-hmm. Because if we, since from kids, again, I when I was in school, I didn't really see that many young men, young, young boys, who had the desire to be an upright man. I didn't see that many. I saw a few, but I didn't see that many. Mm-hmm. And the few that I saw inspired me to be a, a, a better person. But the more of the just doing whatever they want type of uh, guys I hung out with, the more I looked like them. Again, we're going we're gonna to get into that a little bit further down. But I'm, I'm telling you, this is just, again, the, the second verse. I will be careful to lead a blameless life. If men can wrap their, their minds around this concept of leading a life of righteousness mm-hmm. before God. And when I say righteousness, I, I know the religious jargon or jargon that we talk about, like the, the terms, yeah. righteousness, uh, all these things. Blameless and things like that. If we just dumb them down to being approved by God. Living a life approved by God with the holy stamp of approval from heaven. If we can learn how to live within those parameters, that is what righteousness means. Righteousness means to live do, live under the approval of heaven. Mm-hmm. What does God want you to do and what doesn't God want you to do? Yeah, It's that simple. And in terms of that, like leaving a, leading, um, you know, be careful to live a blameless life. It, it, like, again, we don't want to over-spiritualize things. It's also just... Like being around people and people knowing you for something that's good, yeah. You know how many times, like, I'm pretty sure as men, we don't want to be known as, as as the guy who, as the guy who who cheats, or as the guy who 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 steals, or as the guy who doesn't have nothing going on for himself, or as the mm-hmm. guy who 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 lies all the time. Right. That also is a part of living a blameless life. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it be great if you meet a girl and she has nothing negative to say because she's never heard anything bad about you? That honestly, that should be the the standard. It should be the way that business is conducted as usual. Yeah. Oh, hey, how long you been living here? I've been living here for 12 years. Wow, really? I've been living here for more and I've never heard of you. Like, you don't... No, I just... Yeah, that's in, because I keep it low-key, baby girl. What's up? I'm in the house and I just... I'm doing me. I'm working. I'm in the gym. 
Exactly. Oh, what are you doing from, from 9 to 10? Spending time with God. Oh, can I come over? Nope. Nah. Nah. Keep myself on a short leash. Exactly. The You see, these things sound like we're trying to be better, like holier than thou. Nah. But it sucks. I, I like, I really hate it, bro. How when we're, we call ourselves, like, like you said, we hold ourselves to a short leash. Basically, holding ourselves accountable under the standards and statutes that God has established, mm-hmm. basically told us to live by. God has told us, abide by these rules. Mm-hmm. When we outright say, I'm sorry, I'm not doing that because I am living by these rules, oh, who do you think you are? Bro, nobody. That's why I have to hold yeah. myself accountable to these rules. Being able to recognize your weakness is probably the strongest thing. Like, it really does bother me, bro. And... I would say that's a great filter for you to know who you want in your life, mm-hmm. which, again, we're going to get into it right now. Yeah. Then it goes on to say, Where, when will you come to me? I will conduct the affairs of my house with a blameless heart. And in this version, it says, I will lead a life of integrity in my own house. What version are we reading? Let's, let's be on the same page. <laughs> Is that King James? No. What? That's NLT. NLT? Yeah. Got it. Living Translation. Got it right here. Yeah. All right. I will be careful to live a blameless life when you come to me. I will lead a life of integrity within my own home. I like the other version, too. Like, I will conduct the affairs of my house, you know, because at the end of the day, it's it's basically encompassing what happens within your home. Yeah. Your family. That's why, honestly, I wouldn't have mind if you kept the other version because... We can kind of feed off of it. All right. Just shoot. Just yeah. Because this is a little more, this is, NLT is a little more just straightforward. I know. I, know, I love the NLT, but the point is, point is, for, for the men listening out here, right, and women also, but, you know, I want to direct this towards the men mainly because we have to step up. Yeah. We anyway. have to hold each other accountable. Exactly. Exactly. Are you conducting, ask, ask this question, are you conducting what happens in your home with an integral heart? Mm-hmm. With a blameless heart, can you honestly say that what happens in your home, you do it with integrity? Mm-hmm. And it, and it brings up the question that I th- like, as I was reading, this, I brought up the question that says, why is it that why is it that men oftentimes, and it should be the opposite, oftentimes treat treat people outside of the home a lot better than we treat the ones inside the home. Yeah, and I think it just comes down to us being um us being showing the version of us that we want liked and not being our true selves because we are at home we're comfortable i can afford like I can, I can talk to my wife a certain way because we're married i can talk to my children a certain way because those are my children but when i'm outside i want people to look at me different i want people to think that i have everything going for myself i want people to think that and i think that's i think that's where we that's where we we mess up that's where we mess up it is because that shows number one we we're two-faced yeah it's the first thing. We're already failing in the integrity thing. Yeah. Like, at that point, you're just go back to verse one and start all over. You know? <laughs> it shows that we're two-faced. It shows that we're attention seekers. Mm-hmm. It shows that we live off of the approval of other people. And what did Lecrae say? You see, you're the one who's quoted it, not me. If you live for other people's approval, you will die from their rejection. If you base your life, if you Build your character, who you are as a man, because you learned how to please other people. It's crazy to me 
that the people at the receiving end of that, like the the ones who always get the short end of the stick, mm-hmm. are always your family. It's always your people. Mm-hmm. Because if I decide right now, I'm going to make sure that I, uh, I please everybody that I come in contact with. Mm-hmm. I don't know what mystical or what spiritual law there is behind it. If I decide to do that, my wife is going to be the one that's going to suffer. Yeah. Because, number one, I know that I do not have the energy to please absolutely everyone. And I'm comfortable with her. So I'm going to be like, eh, she'll be yeah. fine. And it, and it's and I saw I saw a reel the other day that said that it was from a girl's point of view. And she was saying, um, me looking at my man after we just got into an argument. And she was, like, upset. Mm-hmm. And he was... And he was out like with his boys, like hanging out and having a good time. And it's and it kind of it's it's kind of like we're ignoring the realities of our home. Yeah. Like I'm the type of person that if my house is not good, like you can't it, think straight. I can't think straight. Nope. I can't really go out and Mm-mm. have fun and completely just ignore ignore what's going on. Now there's a difference here. We can probably let go like that super quick. Yeah. At least me. Like I can. I know that I can get into a fight with my wife, and five minutes later. I'm good. Right. She's not the same way. It's like she takes enough. You guys have different fighting styles. Exactly. It's more, it's like I get more in the moment, like while I'm in the fight. Yeah, because you, you want to solve it right now. Exactly. But then post fight, my wife is more like thinking about like what happened. How did, how did we get there? Sometimes that's productive. Sometimes it's counterproductive. Sometimes mm-hmm. it makes you overthink, spiral into uh, a what if situation or what did he mean by this X, Y, Z. And then I'm over here chilling, just waiting for this all to to pass by because I'm not ignorant either. I know that we just fight. Uh, yeah. We just got into a fight or an argument. That doesn't necessarily mean that everything's going to be okay. Like just because I'm good doesn't mean that everything's okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But there's a difference between me giving you some space mm-hmm. for you to breathe. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, come to terms with what just happened. And then there's that, and they're just completely just ignoring you, right? Going off at the boys, like, oh, nothing happened, and you know, it's like there has to be some balance. It has to be a little bit of wisdom here, which I learned a crazy term for wisdom. Wisdom is the knowledge of things that never change. Like if it's true three thousand years ago, okay, it's true today. Okay, that makes w- sense. Wisdom is the knowledge of that that never changes. Yeah. So, in this, like, in marriage, I'm pretty sure that Adam and Eve, Moses and his wife, Isaac, uh, was it? Isaac and... No, I forgot what Isaac's wife was. But Abraham and Sarah, uh, all those, I'm pretty sure that all those those couples, they probably got into it. Yeah. Maybe not as, you know, as seriously as we do now. I mean, it's important to, in just a little, little detail... It's important, like, we always talk about love languages, for example, like, oh, you know, when you meet somebody, what's your love language, what do you like? But it's also important to know their fighting style. And I don't mean, like, video game fighting style. It's basically just acknowledging or learning if the person is someone who is a venter, mm-hmm. somebody who is in the who in the moment wants to talk it out. Yeah. Somebody who is the type that needs time to walk away. It doesn't mean, like you said, not that you're ignoring it, but it's just you understand that this is who they are. And somebody, and the last one is somebody who just blows up. And that's obviously the worst kind. Yeah. And it's important. These are important things to know because if your wife or your husband acknowledges to you that you they are um, the one that walks away, mm-hmm. it's important for you to know this information because many times when our spouses walk away, we automatically assume that it's because they're giving up. 
Or because they're being disrespectful. Yeah. Rather than if we knew this information about them, now we can acknowledge and be like, okay, I understand that they just need the space. Exactly. Now, you know something? Uh, first and foremost, when Manny hears, when you said just said fighting styles, I bet you he's going to start laughing. He's going to call me like, yo, what the hell? But I'm pretty sure he's going to make a joke about that. But it's true. Um, acknowledging the way that we argue. It took me a while, a long time, for me to actually come to terms with the fact that Maybe I can resolve everything right then and there in an argument, but Carmen necessarily won't do that. Mm-hmm. She can, just like she she might not. I can do it every single time because I try not to take things take things that personal. Yeah. But just because we do things differently doesn't make mine more valid than hers. You know? And again, this is all about handling things with a blameless heart and with integrity within your home. Exactly. It's like, if you are not faithful to the ones, and when we say faithful, we mean like faithful to understand them. Yeah. If you're not faithful to those people to within your to home, them. exactly, to understand them, to be a little bit you know, lenient with how things happen, and just give them space to be who they are as a human being, mm-hmm. you know? If you're not able to do that, then... Who's to say that you're going to conduct any of the business in your home with a faithful heart? Mm-hmm. Who's to say that? You you might not. So I feel like this is a great way to start with David said at the beginning, to lead a blameless life. This is a great way to start to lead a blameless life. You have to begin with your own family, with your heart, yeah. with, your, with your home. With your home. What happens within your four walls. Exactly. Because I heard Tim Ross say something. It's like... Some of these men, these pastors even, are preaching and the wife is looking down the whole time because she cannot bring her face up to say amen to you. And you're being a scandalous man when you do that. Because if she knows who you are in your yep. home, it's the bro, that honestly. That's shameful. That is not only is it shameful, it's a ticking time bomb. And and honestly, I don't I don't know whether to feel bad or f- or feel a, a little bit of like how do you like imp- like I'm impressed by the fact that you can not even not not just be like a pastor or anything, but you can be a CEO or a head of any company or anything like that or a supervisor and just lead a group of people to yeah. success. But you can't lead your household to a successful home. I'm telling you, man. This is I feel like when you decide to be this character filled man. You can't do that with a straight face. Mm-hmm. You just can't. Like your your mind is gonna eat you up and it's gonna point you and hold you accountable to what you promised God. It's like, hey, remember when you told God that you were gonna lead a blameless life? How is it that your wife is left crying in your home and you're out here giving presentations about how to be the best husband? Mm, that part. It's that thing. Like it, it always clashes mm-hmm. with what you want and what you're doing. It's th- there's no way for you to be two faced about unless. You have mastered the art of being a hypocrite. And even then, the scriptures are, are clear when they say everything that's done in darkness will come to light. Yeah, that's true. And eventually, then it's like, and, and the thing about and the thing about being a leader, being put in a certain position, let's say like political leaders or pastors and people like that, is that you only get one chance, bro. Not just that, you're putting yourself like with a really big target on your back. Yeah. Because let's say that, let's say you or me, whatever, go through something. It might be public, like it might not be. Yeah. Like we might go through it privately. Be, but if you're like somebody who are who's constantly putting yourself out there, and you want to get this fame, you want to get X Y Z. Yeah. The bigger they are, the harder they fall. Mm-hmm. 
So I'm just gonna be. I'm gonna tell you right now. If you are, if you do have aspirations to make it big or to whatever, you're gonna have to or be well known. You, exactly, you're gonna have to remember. If you lack integrity in your home, again, that is a ticking time bomb. Mm-hmm. It will come crashing down on you if you decide to live a double life because that is unsustainable. Let's move on to verse three. I will not look with approval on anything that is vile. So my version says, I will refuse to look at anything vile or vulgar. First thing that comes to mind, porn. Yeah. First thing. Notice how the the first part was talking about lifestyle. Now we're talking about the eyes. Exactly. Because the eyes are the windows of the soul. Right. That's what the Bible says. Right. Um, Many times, this is where the corruption starts with what we see. Yeah. We don't touch it. We, we can't nothing. It's just it could be a mile away, and if we have good of a, good enough vision, we will see it. So, this is where you start to protect your heart, right? At first, we're talking about doing things with integrity within our own home, but now we have to protect our own integrity because if we don't do this, we're not going to be able to handle anything else. Now, unfortunately, many of the men that are listening to this show and. Uh, Almost, I don't know what crazy percentage of men have already fallen victim to entertaining things that are vile and vulgar and evil and dirty. Yeah. You know, um, this is not the easiest thing to break out of. It's not. It's different. Sexual sin is just. It's just. It hits different. Bro. It does. And then the thing is, it does. It happens like that because it was intentioned to be something beautiful and good. So we are actually designed to enjoy it. Not the sin part, but we're designed to enjoy it. Right. So it was like, damn, I like this, but what do I do now? You have to make, go back to verse one, make the conscious decision to live a blameless life. Hold yourself accountable and keep yourself on a short leash. It's difficult to do because it takes a lot of willpower, but bro, if you got to uninstall every single app on your phone. Do it. I've had friends that come to me and say, hey, Johan, listen, I'm struggling with this. Here's, uh, I, I put a lock on my phone. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I don't know the password. I'm going to, how about you put the, your own passcode? Yeah. If I ever need it, I'll come to you. You can unlock it. I can do what I want, and then you can lock it again. That's so important. That is so important. Accountability, bro. It's it's damn near impossible for you to do, but it's not impossible. Yeah, it's it's very hard. But once you actually get into the habit of holding yourself, like keeping yourself on a short leash, you're gonna start to develop a bit of a distaste, of a disgust yeah. for these things. But it's really hard for you to develop certain uh, desire to distance yourself mm-hmm. from this if you're in the middle of it. You cannot see outside because what you're seeing is, okay, this is what I want. This is what I have. This is what I need. This is what I get. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you take a step back and be like, damn, this is really consuming my life. Damn, I can't think clearly anymore. Damn, I can't finish a sentence without stuttering. Damn, I can't look at a woman without, without objectifying her. Yeah. Those are the steps that... Those are the steps that are, are needed to be taken to to really... Up your game, as people say. Exactly. To really become better. And, and I have here um, uh, Job 31, 1, and he says, I made a covenant with my eyes not to look with lust at a young fo- at a young woman. Yeah. And we don't even have to really just add the young part. Exactly. It, it says it here, but just women in general. Exactly. And you have to be very careful about this because at the end of the day, I feel like this is the absolute 
easiest thing to stumble into. Mm-hmm. That this entire song, you you like you you'll crash right out of it, bro. Because the eyes is like their eyes, like people that are blessed are people that are blind, I guess. But at the end of the day, like you said, the eyes are the mirror to the soul. We see everything, mm-hmm. and as men, because of our sinful nature, we distort everything that we see many times. Yeah. And we, like you said, we got to keep ourselves on a short leash because me, myself, like, like I recognize, I'm, I, I recognize and know that I, I do have a weakness. Yeah. And I'm somebody who's, I don't often leave my house, but when I do, I go to the gym. Yeah. And the, and in the gym, like, wear whatever you want. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Certain women look a certain type. It's whatever. Women are attractive. That's how God made us. We like what we see. And not in a lustful nature, but it's just, it's attractive to see. Yeah. I, if there's a woman working out near me, I even if I'm using the machine right next to her, I, number one I don't work out when she, I I don't work out when she's working out. Okay. So if like the machine is in front of me and it's a weird position, I leave my workstation. I walk around or I'll turn around because I don't want her to feel uncomfortable. Right. I don't want her to look at especially now in the culture. Everything's like oh you're such a creep. Blah, mm-hmm. blah. Integrity again. I don't want I don't want anybody to look at whoever I'm dating and be like oh that's your man. I saw him checking me out at the gym the other day. Yeah. No. Not this guy. Mm-mm. Not this guy. You're not gonna catch me slack. I'll wear shades at the gym before I, I, I miss me with that. Yeah, because um, that that's something that, in my opinion, is really hard to come back from. Yeah, and people might look at me and be like, "Wow, you have no self control. Like, what do you mean you got to do that?" No, bro. Let me tell you something right now. I'm I'm gonna. I don't know. If I, okay, whatever. I'm gonna say it. Defend me. I, no, I'm not gonna offend you. It's just I really dislike it when we try. To do our best. Like, you don't know what I'm going through in my mind. Yeah. You don't know what my past has been. You don't know what my addictions are. And you certainly do not know what type of relationships I've had. Mm-hmm. So, with that being said, if I go out of my way to protect you and myself, because you're protecting this woman from feeling uncomfortable. Again, right. this is just a hypothetical. Yeah, yeah. You're protecting her from feeling uncomfortable. You're protecting your testimony. You're protecting the way that people see you and your wife. You're protecting everything around you that surrounds you and, you know, what has to do with your integrity. And then you're also keeping yourself on a short leash. If people have the nerve to say that you don't have any self-control, I feel like it takes more self-control for you to stand up and leave than it is for for you to stay there. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of men would just be like... I can't be ignorant enough to think that to, to... To underestimate the power of sin. Exactly. Because it does have power, but it only has the amount of power that you, give, you it. give it. Yeah. So, bro, I remember we were in the gym one time. You were there too. And you were doing your set. We were doing our set. We we're doing back. And my wife, she was doing her 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 reps. And I'm just looking at this one guy, bro. Drooling. Drooling over a girl that, that was in the gym. Right. He wasn't even in the same section, by the way. He was doing legs, and she was all the way where the where the like the like. Do you see where the back, but the standing one is? Yeah, all the way like across the gym. Yeah, like I caught him a couple times looking over that way. He wasn't even doing his reps. People were waiting for him, and he was doing nothing. He was just looking over there. And when I sat down, my wife told me the same thing. Like, yo, that guy's just oozing over there, just going crazy. And I'm like, why? Is the culture so insistent that men be like creeps? Because that's creepy as hell to me. Yeah, you know. Of but then I have to tell—I have to tell myself this is a result of a man who didn't keep himself on a short leash. Now he's unhinged. Now he does whatever, and it's embarrassing. But he doesn't notice it. Because mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that he would tell him like, "Yo, you're—you're you're kind of being creepy." 
Some guys will be like, well, I'm a man. Like, how can I not look? But then it's like, you're you're really on. You know, I'm not even gonna say you're really on the fine line. It's like, oh, what's wrong with that? Like, literally, the Bible says, if you really think of another woman in this way, you are adultery. And you know what? In my opinion, would be a lot less creepy, bro. Walk up to her and talk to her. Right? Like, hey, like, what happened with, like, hey, listen, uh, I saw you from over there. I think you look, you know, uh, can I have your number? Can I take you out? Yeah. It's that simple. But no, we would rather be creeps from a corner from, like, from 50 feet away and be like, damn, look at those hands. Not even, not even creeps from a corner, but now we'd rather just stalk them, find a way to find them on Instagram. Don't or, follow them. Or no, or like, like Hannah's friend. He could have followed her home, like the girl, like that happened to her friend. Right. Like it's like I'm not in the thing. Well, here's the thing: I I really do feel like if we don't take like be, hold ourselves accountable, sin is what's the word here? It's unhinged. Right. It has it knows no bounds, and maybe a lot of people you're gonna hear me say something right now, and you're gonna think of me as a creep. I don't give. I really don't care. If this goes untreated, unaddressed, it will evolve to a point where you will be a stalker, where you will follow people home, where you will not notice what you're doing because you're going to justify it. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's okay. I all did it. I all I, I already did it. Mm-hmm. A little bit more. Let me do a little bit more. It's always a little bit more. And I know, I know that if there's men out here that would, wouldn't mind, like, oozing over a girl, over just looking at her, like, just drooling over her, if they don't correct that, it's going to is eventually going to turn into. For some men, might happen within a few days. Others might take a few years. It's going to turn into a stalkerish situation. And God forbid, it turns into a it, predator. It, it will, but that's what I'm saying because mm-hmm. it doesn't turn into something good. You always got to look at it like that could be your daughter, bro. Yeah, it can. And and we, you know, there's this just one perspective. Oh well. We're just looking. That doesn't do anything. The brother here writing the psalm, he said, I'm not going to look at anything that's vile or corrupt or or vulgar. I'm not saying that the human being is corrupt. Mm-hmm. The way that you're doing it is. Because you're not looking at this woman like, damn, I'm going to wife her up one day. Mm-hmm. Now nah, you're looking you're looking at her and you're replaying everything that you saw on Pornhub two minutes ago. Yeah. And then, do you see her as a human being? Do you see her as a daughter of God or do you see her as a piece of flesh for her to please you in whatever way you want her to please you in? So somebody told me once that they had a crush on this girl. Not even a crush because crush is like very petty and like childish. That they find this girl very attractive. Yeah. To the point that he on porn sites was looking for women that look similar to her. No. So, Bro, okay. You see, that is that is a threshold. What's I'm having a hard time finding my words right now. Uh, like, Im, like, Im, like it's I, looking for like doppelgangers of this girl. Basically, on... God Almighty. But then, can I judge him? Because this is kind of what culture has taught us to do. It's like we're not touching her. This woman's already on the internet. It's a whole different human being. This one actually wants you to go ahead and do this, and then. There will be a way, you will find a way to justify what you're doing. There's always a, oh, I wasn't hurting anyone. Yeah. I mean, not judging, but it's always just 
Bro, what do you, I mean, it, it's I, what we're talking about. It's what we're talking. Yeah, okay. Because <laughs> it's, it's weird, but it's always again back to like just keeping people accountable. For me to look at him and be like, "Bro, what are you doing?" Like you know, like that's a little weird that you're doing that. Not just that it's a little bit weird, bro. It's the fact that we're blinded to this. Because here's the thing, I feel like the reason he doesn't want to look with anything with approval to anything that's vile is because he knows that the more he looks, the more blind he will become to these things. Mm-hmm. The more he looks, the more accepted accepting he will be. Because mm-hmm. again, he's not saying that he's not going to see these things. He's not going to look at them and approve them. It's good. They're going to cross his eyes. Right. He has to make the conscious effort to disapprove of anything that's evil. Again, it's going to sound like he's being holier than thou. He's just keeping himself on a short leash. Because if y'all, I, I just want you to remember who exactly was that wrote this song. Mm. That man has a history. Listen, listen this was a man in... in this God's, is a man. God's words was after God's own heart. But at the same time, this was the same man that sent somebody to the front lines of a war so that he would die just so that he would smash his wife. Yeah. Y'all... Y'all, y'all are hearing me, right? All I'm saying, this man has done his thing in the past. He knows to keep himself on the short leash. And it's even so that when the prophet came to him like, yo, what do we do with this guy, bro? What do we do with a man who does X, Y, Z? Nah, he, we need to kill that man. I'm talking about you. Word. Right there, God, I'm sorry. This was my bad. Like he, it had to be thrown in his face. Why? Because he was blind to the mm-hmm. fact that he was doing. He had already. And how did this all start? He looked with approval to a woman that was showering on a rooftop. That was basically point. I just want you guys to know that. Okay. He saw that on the rooftop. He looked at it and he didn't turn away. He approved it. He coveted it, and he went to the point of murder. Legit murder for me. That's yeah, sanctioned yeah, murder. You send somebody just so that you can smash. There was consequences to that. Yeah, there was. They they had a child that unfortunately didn't make it. It was a legit consequence to to, to that action. Yeah. What I'm saying is, it all starts with what you approve. What are you approving? What are you letting slide? There's a quote that says, "What one generation tolerates, the next generation will approve." What are you approving? And we're seeing it now. Exactly. Back in the day, like our our folks, they tolerated certain behavior, but now it's it's accepted. No, let me take that back. The generation before our parents tolerated it. Our parents' generation accepted it. This generation is encouraging it, and the next generation is going to demand it. It's a vicious cycle that just it, it it's it's not satiated. Yeah. You can't satisfy it. And that's why you're not supposed to look at these things with a, with an approving eye. And to just kind of kind of finish the point here, and moving on, um, I want you guys to understand that it's not also not just porn. Exactly, it's 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 a it, it can be, it can be, because maybe this is a little bit more spiritual. It can be you have a problem with gluttony, mm-hmm. and you're looking at food all day. Yeah, it can be just anything that distorts the image of God that He's placed in in, in you. In your life, bro, it can be money. You can be. It can be money. You can be heart filled with greed. You can be heart filled with lust. Heart filled with gluttony. Yeah. Uh, you can. It can even be lies, bro. Like you can hear a a, a liar and you can approve that. Mm-hmm. Which, I keep saying this. We're gonna get into it right now. Yeah. Moving on to the next verse, 
I will hate what faithless people do. I will have no part in it. I like to make the distinction here. He's not saying he's going to hate the faithless. Yeah. He's going to hate what they do. Because there has to be a distinction between what you and a what you and a non-believer do. What you and a non-believer how how you act. A non-believer will not have any type of remorse when it comes to failing God. They will do whatever it is that they want to, whether that offends God or not. We are literally called to hate those things. Mm-hmm. If you're somebody that's going to be a sinner, you are called to hate the sin, not the sinner. We're called to hate it because if you don't hate it, like I said, if you don't develop a certain level of disgust for it, it's very easy for you to entertain it. And if you entertain it, you'll end up approving it. And and I, I like a little side note because I, I just thought of something. There is no way for you to judge or even have the authority to speak to certain people yeah. if you don't have that first thing that we keep talking about. You can't you can't come to me telling me to stop smoking if you're a smoker. Yeah. You're a hypocrite. Literally. Which is crazy. You know how many doctors smoke, bro? Yeah. Wow. There's a lot of doctors that smoke. And I'm like, no, nah, I can't be. There's a lot of them. Addiction is a hell of a thing. It is. And again... I'm telling you, this psalm is the perfect blueprint for you to be a man and a husband. If you're not hating what faithless people do, there's a strong chance you're participating in those things. Mm -hmm. Or at least encouraging it with your presence. Exactly. And if you are participating or encouraging those things, and you expect your wife to be a wife that models the character of God, that's a wise woman that loves wisely, that does these things, you're feeling in your part, but you expect her to fill her role. How does that work? You're, you are you are literally being all the contrary to what God wants you to be, but you expect her to be everything that God hopes her to be. Yeah. And I'm not telling, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that your wife or any woman that's listening to this should just go off the rails because her husband isn't acting a certain way. No, mm-hmm. stay in the course. Stay the course. Pray for your man. You might just be the, the the avenue that God uses to bring your man back to him, right? However, it is very unlikely that a household is going to remain holy if the head of the household isn't acting in a certain way. Exactly. If you're approving uh, foolishness, if you're encouraging faithless people's actions, and you're and you don't tell yourself, I will have no part in this. Bro, that is the epitome of what integrity is. Yeah. You can see something and you can say, I'm not doing this. I'm out. I'm and, not participating. And I know, and I know it can be hard for, for, for men because many men we look for some type of some type of um like some type of not I don't want to say companionship, but some type of refuge in, in friends and all that. And not refuge, but just whatever, a good time of hanging out with the bros. Yeah, yeah. If you are so I know it can be hard if you are somebody who doesn't partake in certain activities to see your friends doing certain activities. Mm-hmm. You by staying there, you're not early you're not only encouraging it, but you're letting it be known that that it's okay if your friends don't respect you. You're telling them that your word has no value. Yeah. That you're that all the things that you've talked to them about before has no weight. Yeah. Like, at all. Like, oh, look at this guy trying to change, but he, he's here with us exactly. doing X, Y, Z. Which, again, I'm not against, part, you know, uh, I am against participating, but I'm I'm not against being there necessarily. But there 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 is a certain point that you have to tell yourself, like, I got to go. Bro, back, back to be careful to live a blameless life. Yeah. 
if you are anywhere in public with a bunch of scoundrels doing things that you're not supposed to be, yeah. even if you're not partaking, my man in front of me got arrested for being in the household of somebody who was selling drugs and he was not selling it. Yeah. People will look at you, even if you're not doing X, Y, Z with your friends. Yeah. They'll say, no, he did it because he was in that group. Exactly. My dad told me, he's like, I know that you didn't do anything. I know who I raised. But maybe next time you'll take some heed to my word when I say your friends are important. Who you choose as friends are important. Yeah. And for those who are single and you and, and you have bad company, you have no idea the effect that that can have. Because even if you're even if you're somebody who's just, oh, no, I'm saving myself for marriage. Or, I'm just trying to do the right thing. I'm just trying to do this. And your three, four friends around you are doing X, Y, Z, and they're being hoes and they're being this and that. Yeah. I'm sorry, but you're going to be labeled the one as well just by association. There's really no way around that, bro. And it's like, oh, why doesn't any girl want to take me seriously? Because your she sees don't... your friends. Yeah. She sees who you hang. Oh, she's hanging out with, with, with Timmy? Oh, I know Timmy. Timmy be cheating. Oh, the 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 neighbor the hood knows who Timmy is. Timmy don't work. Timmy live with his mom still. You know how many kids Timmy got? Yeah. None of them with the same woman? And you think I'm going to go ahead and involve myself with the likes of you? Mm-mm. And the thing is, she if, if she even gives you the chance to say, Timmy got to go, Timmy's not going nowhere because you already made your bed. You made your decision. Yeah, you made you you decided who your friends are going to be. And unfortunately, the 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 saying that says you are the sum of the five people they hang out the most with that is very true. Very true. And if we don't think that there's power of influence over us by other people, we're just ignorant. And I get it. You know, day ones, this and that, and I, and I you know, believe me, I think friends are important in, in in life. And I'm not I'm not we're not here telling you cut your friends out completely and start from zero. It's about the time that you spend and what you involve in. You don't got to say yes to everything. But wait, 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 because that goes into the next verse. The perverse of heart will be far from me. I will have nothing to do with what is evil. Maybe you do have to start cutting some people off. Maybe. Because we have this stance. Oh, again, he he thinks he's better than everyone. He's, ever, ever since he became a Christian, he's too good for us. Maybe there has to come a point of isolation where you cannot be around these things because you know that you are uh prone to participate exactly so you can either make the decision of keeping that which is perverse of heart far from you nowhere near you nowhere in sight and then as time goes by as you mature in the faith you can start to hang out with these people a little bit more and even then i would be very weary of it because bad car- bad company corrupts good character because I, w- I wanted to say something, but I, I, I forgot. So oh, get your notes. That's what they're there for. Anyway, this is my Bible study, so you already know. Like this is about to come through. Yeah. Uh, Hannah says you can be against something, but then you see your friends are fine. So subconsciously, it becomes okay. Absolutely, because you are inadvertently and, like you said, subconsciously approving something when you don't. Let Let's say that your friends do something that's just out of pocket, completely out of pocket. Yeah. And you have the chance to correct it, to put it to silence like like David does in this scripture. And you don't, your silence is approval. Your silence is approval in many situations. Your silence, like you can just leave and that can be your, you know, your denying of what's going on. But your silence of, about certain things, especially if it happens in your presence repeatedly, you're, you're co-signing that, bro. Literally. You're That's what I'm saying. Like, you're, you're co-signing these foolishness. Like, okay, let me put it this way. Uh, a situation that many of us have gone through. 
If your homeboy is married to a good woman and he's constantly cheating on her and you do, and I'm not saying that you got to go ahead and, and say nothing to her and maybe you should, but maybe what you really should do is say something to him and you're just like, oh, that's not my problem. You can't find a king. No, but I remembered <laughs> it because you, you, you said, you said, and then I'll keep that thought. You said that, um. You know, you're hanging out with your boys, and now they think that you're better because you're a Christian. It's not even, and yes, if you if you decided to give your life to to, to God and and turn on over a new leaf, then God bless you, and I hope that He gives you strength. Yeah. And if you're somebody who hasn't, and just because God created the conscience, and that's what I was looking for, the verse that uh, reinforces that. Mm-hmm. He created the conscience for a reason, and it's for those who haven't heard the scriptures. For the, for those who haven't heard of Jesus to be able to know from right from wrong, so you don't necessarily even got to be a Christian for you to be like, oh, but I don't want to do that. No, the conscience was created for a reason, so you can know what's right from wrong. And sometimes, you know, I ain't gonna lie. Sometimes, even before any of us were Christians, there's certain things that you we, we partake in that is like, mm, this don't feel right. Right. So that, in my opinion, is when like the word of God is engraved in our hearts. Yeah. You know, and the more we read scripture, the more we get in tune with scripture the more we're going to be reminded of what's good and what's evil. And then the more we love God and align ourselves with God, the more we're going to see with a much clearer vision how evil these things actually are. Yeah. Going back to the point of the of the cheating friend, right? Yeah. If you're constantly with a man or with a friend that cheats on his wife, you have two options. You can distance yourself from that behavior because I don't care who you are, eventually... If you're approving it, you will be participating in it. Or you can be a good friend, sit him down, and be like, bro, you were going behind the back of the one woman who decided to say yes to you. How can you do that and sleep at night? Oh, you know, bros, you know, it's nothing. You know, I still love my wife, but, you know, men, no, men, nothing. Because men don't do that. Boys who, who jumped into marriage do. But men... They don't do that behind their wives. They don't do that to their wives. You, I, I do not find it consistent. It is an inconsistent thought to say, I love my wife, and in the same breath, let me consciously betray her. It does not make any sense. And a lot of you might be hearing me and might, think, might be thinking that I sound like I'm too good for you. No. You know why? Because I know that temptation is everywhere. Yeah. I know that in, in your... Place of, bro, there's nothing more dangerous than entertaining a work wife. Nothing more dangerous than entertaining a woman that you work with, that you know likes you, that you know she don't give a damn we about got, your marriage. We got gym wives in, 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 our, in the gym culture. Bro, now. gym wives, apparently there's something called library wives, work wives, whatever it is. The only person who should occupy the title of wife is your wife. That's the first thing. Yeah. But secondly... If you're entertaining this behavior, you're entertaining someone, you're giving, and you're not even opening up a door, you're knocking down a wall for them just to right, run through it. And if you don't have the maturity, the character as a man, to, to call your boy accountable like, yo, listen, man, I cannot, I can't co-sign this. You either need to stop doing this or tell your wife, or we can stop being friends. You can give them three options. You can keep doing it. I won't be a part of it, and I will not be in here. Because I feel, oh, hey, shut up. Listen to me. I'm not saying that I'm better than you. What I'm saying is I feel just as guilty 
by not saying anything to you. Yeah. Just as if she was my wife and I was doing the same thing to her. Like your wife calls me, bro, and I call her sis. She cooks and I eat here. She opened the doors of her home to me. You guys lended me money. It's your family. And I'm seeing the head of the household taking advantage of the confidence, the trust that his wife blindly gave him. Mm -hmm. And maybe at one point you weren't like this. But maybe you entertained this with another person. Maybe you weren't man enough to call it out. And now you're participating in it. Yeah. I'm not going to go down the same path with you. Now, you can see me as a crappy friend right now going forward. You can see me as as whatever you want to, and that's totally fine. But what's not going to happen is me allow my marriage to suffer because I didn't take take accountability for this right now. Yeah. Oh, man, it's not even that deep. It's not even you. You know, well, for me, it is. For me, it is. Yeah. Friends are not just people they hang around with. Because I'm also betraying her. I feel like we need to get that through our, through our minds. Mm-hmm. Friends are not just people that we hang around. Like again, like you just said, I am also betraying her mm-hmm. by not telling her anything. Yeah, because if he if if she catches on and she figures that out, she'll get she'll go. Did you know about this? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and you didn't tell me. And I feel like there's a valid answer to that. I I can tell him or her. Listen, I talked to him, and I told him X Y Z. I'm sorry I didn't come to you with this, but it wasn't mine to tell. Yeah, exactly, too. Like, you can say that. Like, you can tell that. I don't... If you get mad, I'm sorry, but it really doesn't matter because if it came from me, it could have destroyed your marriage and not get fixed. Or if it came from me, your marriage could have gotten fixed, but I'm the snitch that came to you and told you everything. So now Mm -hmm. I lost two friends. Or if it comes from him, if it destroys your marriage, it was going to happen anyway. And if it gets fixed, he did the right thing. But this should never come from a third party. No. Because at the end of the day, I feel like that's just, what is it? I feel like that's being, that's gossip. You know? At one point, yeah. So if if anyone is listening to this and you disagree, you know, that's your prerogative. But it's just an example, you know? Let's keep it going because... Even though we can, what we got left here? We can stop at like six. Yeah. No, no, I feel like we can stop it right here because we did we did half already. Okay. So we'll pick it up from five next week. Yeah, let's do that. So we're just gonna leave it here because this this is really good, and I don't want to like just rush through this. Yeah. Uh, this is very good. And uh. Well, Hannah, you're going to have to tune in next week, all right? Um, But we do have a question of the day. Let's see. It was from, I got it here. It was from, I don't want to say the name. What, Sewer? Sewer R. Yeah. How do you deal with a mood changing? Oh, thank you, Hannah. Oh, oh, she's doing it. How do you deal with a mood changing spouse? Mm. Psychology major. You get to the root of it. Are you the root of it? Are you the root of it? No, I don't think so. It can be the case though. All right, let's. It got to go deeper than that. Okay, let's. Okay, I like to start always with introspection. Okay. Looking inward. Okay. 
are you a consistent spouse? Because if you are inconsistent with your character, you're inconsistent with um, how you act, even going along lines with with, what David is writing here, if you're not a man of integrity, that means that you are fluctuating when it comes to how you act. That can have a direct impact on how your spouse acts. If you're an uh, inconsistent woman, it can have an impact on how your husband acts. So if you have to, if you ask yourself the question, am I the problem? I would start correcting there. And then if you see that you've corrected and some time has gone by because you do need to let things sit for a little bit. If you have corrected and time has gone by and your spouse is still um, uh, an inconsistent person, mood swings and all, then I would go ahead and talk to, to them about it. Like, hey, listen, I thought it was me. I did what I could to correct here and there. I, I stepped up the game romantically. I was holding myself more accountable. I was honest with you all throughout, and I did the work. And you are still being, you know, inconsistent with your moods. You're still mood swinging, which I've seen happen. I've done it. Which is? I'm saying, like, I, I've suffered from mood swings before. Yeah. Now, going to you, like, let's say, I think the first thing to do is to acknowledge what triggers these mood these mood swings. That's number one. Yeah. What exactly? What what specific be? Because it might not even be you. It might just be that the person one moment is happy watching TV and then the next moment she gets down or he gets down and is because it, it might really might not be you. Uh, the second thing to do is to see if anybody else recognizes these mood swings as well. Yeah. Because nobody else, then it could be you. And to just go about it, it's important that you that, that you're self aware enough to to realize that it might be you, but it's also important to see cause that it might not be about you. That it might just be that this person needs help. Yeah. Like actual help, and what triggers these mood swings? Because it could be that she was in a household that maybe her parents at one point were happy. They say throughout the day, twenty four hours, they were happy. Then they were arguing. Then mm-hmm. this and that. It could be a number of things. Tragedies that can happen in people's lives where people replay in their heads that bring them to a certain mood. I'm glad you you, you touched on that. Because that's happened to me before where I, I've been in a good mood and I just, my intrusive thoughts think about just like the saddest thing of like my grandma dying and all yeah. of a sudden now I'm sad and it's like, why are you sad? And it's like, oh, because my imagination showed me that my grandma was dying. Mm-hmm. Now, to the point that you made, which I feel like is it's an excellent cornerstone to this conversation if you are somebody who grew up with an uh an inappropriate or a perverted version of what love actually is like let's say that you grew up and in your home there was no love or the type of love that existed was wrong it messed you up as a child when you grow up and you go into a household well you get married let's say to a man that does show you love the love that you need, you're not going to know how to handle that. You're going to sabotage that because you're not used to this. You're not used to the correct form of being loved. You're not used to somebody looking at you and loving you for who you are. You're used to people using you. You're used to people using you for for what you can do for them, for throwing throwing you away, uh, taking advantage of you. And then what ends up happening is you do not accept that. 
it becomes increasingly difficult for you to be like, oh, yeah, I, I got it. It's fine. When it's really not fine. You have not dealt with the internal trauma that your childhood provided to you. Mm -hmm. And now, unfortunately, what you're doing is you think that you are, um, you think that you're handling it, but you're really taking it out on somebody who's trying to love you. Yeah. Like this, this person has nothing to do with the trauma that you are inflicting on him at all. And and for the person that asked this question, it's important to address it not as not not letting them know that they don't need help because they are bad or because they are mentally incapable to do things, but let them know that they need help just because they're human. Exactly. That's what it really goes down to. And it be, I feel like people so, don't ask for help because maybe they're ashamed that this is even happening. You're not ashamed, but it's also Instead of looking at things like there are these big, huge problems, we need to look at these things. Or they're just things that we need to, they're walls that we just need to get over. Because we are not psychologists. We are not, we are not anything. If you, if I'm talking to my partner at the time and she's coming to me with a concern and I come just, you, 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 you have this issue, you have this trauma, you have, it's more, instead of saying, okay, so I've noticed that you had these mood swings and it is affecting our relationship yeah let it know like don't don't just make it seem like oh your mood swings affect me no your mood swings affect our relationship yeah because this is an our thing whatever you whatever you do affects us whatever i do affects us yeah and if we just go into things with that mindset the outcome and the willingness of the person who's going through the mood swings might be completely different than if you made it about if made it about yourself absolutely and and then Here's the thing. The beauty about that is that you can look back and see the progress. Yeah. Like, And then when you see the progress, you might be a little bit emotional because you're like, dang, God really brought me through this. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to look at your spouse like, dang, you really stuck it out. Like, mm -hmm. you were really there for me. Mm -hmm. You didn't let me go when I was doing all these things. And then, hopefully, your spouse is going to turn around and say, because I couldn't. Yeah. I was called. Like, something that spouses need to understand and I've seen marriages end. I'm not exaggerating. I've seen multiple marriages end because this was never considered. When you get married, you sign up to deal with that person's trauma. You don't get a way out of that. If I marry my wife and she has daddy issues, we got daddy issues. Until you no longer have daddy issues. If my wife marries me and I had a porn addiction... We have a point of addiction until I, she helps me get over that. You have to be willing to do the sacrifice. Because if not, you have missed the basic aspect of marriage. Commitment. Commitment. Yeah. You have violated the covenant. You were not committed enough to this person, which meant that you shouldn't have even married this person. Through sickness and in health. And this might be a sickness. Mm -hmm. The only the only downside to this is that many people are not upfront about what they what they go through. Mm -hmm. They have no way of saying, hey, listen, this is embarrassing, but when I was five, XYZ happened, and I really don't know. And that's this is probably... They don't even know it themselves. Mm -hmm. They haven't done the internal research or internal looking enough to even be able to, to muster up the, the the sentence to be able to articulate what it is that they're feeling. They're still going through it. But yeah. then you ask yourself, why would you even put yourself in a relationship in the first place? Like, you might not know what's going on, but you know that there's something wrong. Yeah. So, what do we do here? Do we go to couples therapy? Do we send you to therapy? Do you want me to do some work on my own so I can help you better? 
there's there, there's a lot of what ifs here, but the 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 unchanging part of this is the fact that you sign up to deal if you married a compulsive liar. There's something behind that, and it's where's that coming from? It's important to those options that you just gave to really lay lay it down on the table and let the person decide. Yeah, because you also don't want to force it on them or make it feel like you're taking the reins or it's like it's like oh you're gonna do this whether you like it or not. No, say gracious. Say these are the options. I'll let you decide if you want to take it on your own. Maybe you don't feel yet to the point that you can talk to me about it. You can talk to a therapist. We can find one together. We can exactly. That's what it's about. It's like you say, irrational grace. Yeah. You have to be gracious to the point that they question whether or not you're being sincere. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, babe, listen, we, we have to get through this. And if they don't believe you, you can even say, listen, even if you don't believe me, your actions are affecting me directly. So Us. It, no, 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 like, you know that she's suffering, mm. but as a man, if you're telling her and she really kind of doesn't know what to believe or not, oh, you're just saying that, listen, you can believe me or not, but just so you know, the way that you're acting is also affecting me as a human being. I am at the receiving end of your mood swings. I'm at the receiving end of the way that you're acting. And if you don't want to believe me, it makes no sense because it benefits me if you get help. That might sound selfish, but that's at the, at the end of the day, it is true. So, obviously, leave that in your back pocket. Hopefully, you don't have to say those things. Yeah. But the truth of the matter is, you are called to deal with that person. And a lot of people might disagree with me. They might say, oh, I'm not, I'm not uh, nobody's therapist. I'm nobody's babysitter. You're a grown man. You got to get yourself together. All fine and true. Please stay away from marriage. Yeah. Um, if you don't love your 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 wife, you don't love yourself. That's it. If you don't love them enough to see it through that they do get help and they become a better person, you didn't love them. You loved a version of them. Yeah. You loved a version of them that is okay, that everything is fine, that there's nothing wrong with them. And as soon as that version came crashing down, so did you. Because you were, believe it or not, you were kind of dependent on that version of that mm -hmm. person. And come to find out, that version never really existed. It was all a mask. It was all fake. It was all a front. Why was that a front in the first place? To keep you happy. Now, isn't it interesting that something that they did only to keep you happy is what's causing you to leave? I'm telling you, if that is a way that you, that you feel about taking care of other people, then... Stay away from marriage because at the end of the day, we say this time and time again, everybody has a form of baggage. Everybody, it, it might look different from other people. It might be less, it might be more, but everybody has some type of baggage. Whatever that is, you are called to help them unpack it. It's that simple. So we hope that this answered your question. Yeah, we did get a little little deep in here. Yeah, whoops. Pray mama, listen, we're about to end. I'm sorry. But guess what? Lucky for you, this episode is going to be live within the next 30 minutes. Yeah, it'll be uploaded within the next 30 minutes. Yeah, it'll be uploaded onto Apple Podcasts, onto Spotify, Pandora, yeah, Google Play Podcast, everywhere. Whoever uses Wherever Pandora's. you can find a podcast. You can listen to, you listen to the whole thing and, uh, you know, give us a thumbs up and five stars whenever you do over there. Uh, we love y'all. Oscar, 
Type in the Instagram handle so they can follow us. Hannah got it. She's she's uh she got it. All right. Well, when when, when we get rich, I, I I really if we if God allows us to get rich, Hannah needs to be like our like our assistant, she, our, our, our our coordinator. Nah, she needs a mic <laughs> or we, a mic. We, yeah. we need a flyer. She out can for, be both for an episode. She just can be to, both. Yeah, because her and her husband. Because we, again, we do have to talk about these things with with you know. With people, with real people, to see what they're going through and how how they've gone through certain things. Yeah. But with that being said, that was all. And this was staying comfortable. Y'all take it easy.